Welcome to Point with Daryl Jones, speaker, author, and lead pastor of the Rock Fellowship Church in Miami, Florida, and president of Point Ministries. Our goal at Point Ministries is to point you to the Word of God, where Jesus is the point. Today's message is from the Chasing After the Wind series, where Dr. Jones teaches through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, and we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. Now let's join him for today's message. And today we're going to look at a passage from the teacher, from Solomon, from Kohelet, that teaches about how he has continued to be instructed by wisdom. Today's title is Wisdom's Instruction because we're going to look at some verses in which he teaches about how he's gained wisdom, but what wisdom has also taught him and how he continues to learn some things that are not so exciting about what wisdom teaches you. And we're going to look at Ecclesiastes chapter 7, and we're going to read verses 15 through the end of the chapter, which is verse 29. I said today's title is Wisdom's Instruction because there seems like there's a lot of statements being said and you could be thinking like, what in the world is he talking about? And he's jumping from thing to thing. But remember, he is making these observations through what he has learned through wisdom and his pursuits and his experiences. And he's coming to certain conclusions when it comes to navigating this life in this sinful fallen world. And we're looking at wisdom literature. You know, he says some weird things in this passage because he speaks about how you know, it's, it's beneficial to, to operate in this wisdom. It's beneficial to, to, to be able to make good decisions. It's beneficial. To, it, it, it can help you. It can, it can save you from dying before your time. And, but also, you know, being wise and understanding your relationship to not being overly wise and overly righteous, it can help you from not ruining your life. So it can help you place you in a, a, a healthy space and what God wants you to do in this life. But he also says like this too, when, when it comes to this advancement of knowledge and this advancement of wisdom and this advancement of understanding, he says that even that has its limitations that we'll never know everything. You know, have you noticed as we've gone through this series, he keeps making this point about wisdom. Like he says, I, 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 I've searched high and low. I've learned everything I used to learn. And I find out it, it doesn't satisfy. And I, I found out that actually I can never know everything. And you want to know why he's letting us know that? That's a good place because now it's a call for us to trust. See, when you know everything, you don't need an instructor anymore, right? You know, like once you got to the point in school, you understood two plus two is four. You understood five plus five is ten. Then you moved on to the next level and learned that five times five is what? Twenty-five. I'm going to throw a hard one. Eight times six is what? You're like, so you said, folks, you're like, oh, snap. You know, I, just th- I just threw that out. But you, you, you keep moving up. I, like, you, you don't go back. Like, I, I don't know. I don't know if any adult, do, do you... You don't call like your first grade teacher back to ask them a math question, do you? You you already know that. I mean, you don't, your first grade teacher can't help you with that. You know, I mean, you already know it. You 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 move past that. They they can't teach you anything else. You 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 you've moved past that stage. I love 
this understanding that he keeps making throughout this whole book of Ecclesiastes is that the more wise we get, the more we realize how dependent on God we are. Like we, we, we can't know everything. We can't solve every problem. As smart as you think you are and as intelligent as you think you are, one of the most awesome things in your life is when you come to something you can't solve because then you find out you're not God. That's when you find out I, I'm, I'm not the Lord. There, there are times, I mean, I, I joke around and I'm sitting there like, man, I wonder if, you know, and I, I joke, and you know, with the kids in here, I joke all the time about, you know, I love superhero stuff, right? I love superhero stuff. And I'm like, man, and I, I think I've told this story before when uh, we were, we were, we got the, the washer and dryer and I didn't, I didn't um, turn off the breaker. And so I was plugging in, a, I don't know what, I was, I was doing something with the dryer I shouldn't have been doing. And that electricity hit me. Bow! All I saw was fire in my eyes. I don't even know what happened, you know, right? And, and my, I had a long sleeve shirt on, and it literally got burned up. So, like, electricity went through my body. And I went outside, and I kind of felt shook up. I was like, whew. Like, whew. All right. I'm alive. Okay, right, this ain't heaven. I'm okay. I'm not before the Lord. I'm alive. I'm right here. I'm, I'm home. I see my family, I told Kamika what happened. And I started thinking, I said, I wonder if I got some superpowers like the Flash. You know, like I, you know, but how do you test that though? Because you don't want to, you know, I don't want to do nothing stupid and then get hit by a car and I'm dead for real, right? So it's like, okay, what do I, like, what can I do? So, you know, I kind of did a couple of moves. Y'all think I'm playing? I did like a couple of moves inside. Like, yeah, no, nah, I'm, I'm human. Still human. Still human. But that's good. Like, that's good. Like, that's a good thing. I need, to, I need to be reminded I'm human. Every, every now and then, you need to be around somebody smarter than you. Every now and then, you need, you need to get sick because you find out, yeah, I'm human. I'm mortal. You know, it's going to keep you from doing stupid stuff. I say all that and it sounds funny, but it's real, meaning God allows us to learn and grow and know and find out and discover to only find out, I don't know everything. I was joking not long ago with some uh, some other pastors, and uh, they were congratulating me on on recently, you know, finishing my PhD. And the guy was asking me about my topic, and I said, "Man, I said, really, really, what it is is that I can talk a whole lot about that subject, but the more I I, I dive into it, I'm like, I, I don't I don't know, like I don't know, like I can say a whole lot about it." You can read it and you'd be like, he know everything. And I'll say, the more I've learned, the more I've grown. In that particular topic, I realized, I don't, I don't really know. And I find out that nobody really knows. Like, we got to just trust the Lord. Like, we just got to trust the Lord at his word. He says, look, it has these limitations. I, I've searched. He uses his language. I, I've, I've tested all this by wisdom. I resolve that it's beyond me. What exists beyond reaching and is very deep. Who can discover it? The wiser he gets, the more he realizes, I am dependent. I can't know everything. I, I want y'all to hear this. I want you to hear me with this from young to old. Is that our striving, whether we're trying to get better, whether we're trying to advance, may we keep the proper perspective and understanding that we are forever dependent on the Lord. Don't ever think that you've got enough money or enough degrees or you, you've had enough experiences that you've made it 
and there's nothing else. He says, who, who, who can discover him? But, but, but it's helpful. It's not the end all be all, but it's helpful. It's an assistance. It helps. But, he, but then he makes this transition that gets real tricky. It gets, it gets, gets a little tricky with some of this, this language. And I, and I hope we can get some understanding today where he, he speaks about this wisdom and this folly. One of the things that he learned from gaining wisdom is that he learned that from the, the more he's gained wisdom. And wisdom is not just knowledge or understanding. Wisdom is knowledge and understanding applied. I remember this wisdom that we're talking about, this wisdom is a knowledge applied that comes from the Lord. This is what he's been speaking about all throughout Ecclesiastes that he's growing, but that which is from the Lord is coming to realize more of the Lord and how we fit in God's creation and in God's plan. And he says, I've determined this, that wisdom has taught me that wickedness is stupidity and folly is madness. He said, the more wisdom I have attained, the more I realize how ridiculous it is to go against God's word. That's, that's, that's basically a summary of what he said right there. The more I've grown in wisdom, the more I realize the foolishness of folly. So f- folly means the ridiculousness and, and, and the distractions and, and seeking after that, those things that are uh, directly against the Lord. And I find out, man, that's the dumbest thing. That's the most stupid thing you could ever do. He said, as I've grown in godly knowledge, I realize the dumbest thing I could ever do is go against God's word. And then this is, but, but, but he gives us an illustration that helps us out because we can sit here and we can be like, you know, like the real deal, like really, really, really like, yeah, God is God. His word is true. Yeah. We should not go against God's word. We know that. But why do we still do it? This, this, he, he gives this example that is that what I talked about this double entendre where he, he gives an illustration, but he's connecting it to folly. One of the things that Solomon does here but then also in proverbs chapters one through chapter nine there's this personification of wisdom there's this personification of wisdom so he'll speak in proverbs one through nine he'll speak of wisdom as a woman as a desirable woman. He's, it's a, he's a male sage. He's speaking from a male perspective and he speaks from like it's, it's, it's valuable. It's, it's choice. Wisdom is, is desirable. It's, 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 it's good to have. You know, and he's speaking from that perspective. But then he speaks about the woman of folly and the kind of woman that leads you astray from God's word to live against what God speaks. He uses this type of language here, right here, when he speaks about um, him saying that the wickedness is stupidity and folly is madness. He says, I find more bitter than death the woman who has a trap in her heart, a net in her hands, chains. The one who pleases God will escape her, but the sinner will be conquered, be captured by her. This is the language he's using when he's contrasting, we talk about woman wisdom and, and lady folly and it's this he says okay just just how godly wisdom is is is, is a benefit it's it's something desirable and, and to go after and it's a, it's a blessing uh folly can be desirable too 
and, and it can be tricky. But, and if you fall for it, it's like a trap. It's changed. He's like, you know, you chase after that, meaning you think about some people do the dumbest stuff. They commit the dumbest sins. And you're like, you're too intelligent for that. And you're like, why? But in the moment, man, it was desirable. I had to go after it. All of a sudden, you pay the consequences. And, and you knew you shouldn't do it. You knew you shouldn't have sent that picture. You knew you shouldn't have made that post. You knew you shouldn't have said those words at your job. But in the moment, it just felt so good to do it. He's, this goes back to, to Satan in Genesis 3, that the, the serpent was more crafty. So when we speak about this, this woman here, it's not talking about all women. It's talking about a specific kind, but one that's leading one astray. More from Dr. Jones in a moment. But first, during this month, you can request your MP3 download of the sermon series, Time for Your Checkup, with your donation to the ministry. This is a great resource where Dr. Jones teaches us to examine and engage the fruit of the Holy Spirit in our lives. To give, go to daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones O-R-G. And request your copy today. Now, let's rejoin Dr. Jones for the rest of today's message. I talked about it in Proverbs chapters 1 through 9 when he speaks about the, 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 the strange woman, the woman of folly, leading one astray, the adulterous woman taking one, that leaving his, his wife and his family for one who does not belong to him. He's saying like, that is how seductive and tempting folly can be. I mean, going against God's word. And we're not just talking about you know, fleshly desires. We're talking about anything that strays from God's word. Living in any kind of deception, pride, any sin. He's in that Satan is crafty and he can make that thing look so desirable or so needed and it is chains and it's a trap. Don't fall for it. He said, wisdom has taught me that. Wisdom is saying, see, and it says the one that serves God escapes. Obedience to God's word escapes. Disobedience to God's word captured. Now, he's using this illustration and he's speaking in these type of terms, but he's speaking in a universal way, meaning he's not just talking to guys. He's talking to all humanity, men and women, that we ought not to be captured, entrapped, snared, by anything or anyone that's taking us away from following God's word. He says to go against God's word is to be enslaved, to be trapped, to be chained up. You got people in our culture, they thinking they free. I'm free to do whatever I want to do. Chains. Because you're actually going against God's word and now you made yourself a slave to that sin. I love the Apostle Paul in Romans. He says, look, no longer slaves to sin, but now we're slaves to righteousness. He says, we're now, we've, been, we've been bought with this price in 1 Corinthians that we now live for the Lord. That's where true freedom comes, is from knowing Christ and walking in him. He gives this illustration, and it's something that's strong because he's speaking in these terms to let you know that sin don't always come at you in, you know, that nasty, scary looking, you know, type of thing. You know, it, it come to you real nice. It look good. Smell good. 
tastes good. You feel like, I, I, I need it. I, I, I want to do it. It's going to be fun. And the consequences follow. He's making this statement. He wants us to understand the difference between this wisdom. And as we grow in wisdom, we see the folly and the foolishness. And I like the word he used here, the stupidity of going after wickedness. And he concludes this chapter with something that's real sobering. Like it's something to really make us really, really think. And I believe he does so because it's to, to catch our attention in the language he uses, concluding this chapter, but also it's, 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 it's to get our attention, but really to make us ponder and think and to be on guard for ourselves in our hearts, our minds, and our walk with the Lord. Because he says in a very uh, poetic way, the way wisdom literature communicates about, you know, when he's speaking about, about virtue and, 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 and all this with righteousness and, 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 and wisdom and folly. And he speaks about this search, his heart continually searching and, and, and one person in a thousand. And he says, none were a woman. And then he says, but none, uh, uh, you know, he says, so the, um, in verse 29, only see, he says, discover that God made people upright but they pursued many schemes he he uses this language and it can seem a little confused and I, I, I was studying this man I, I looked at a bunch of different scholars and it's interesting when you look at the context of how he lays this out and he's using this statement and he oscillates using this language even in Hebrew because when he talks about this this person in a thousand the word he uses there is generic it's, 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 it can be used for Adam it can be used for a man but it can also be used for for humanity a humankind, and he uses this kind of mathematical language throughout, starting in verse 23 and verse 27. This is for my people that like structure and understanding how uh, passages communicate. Uh, and he uses this parallelism. So when he goes from this person to woman, he's speaking about this woman, uh, a lady of folly, all these type of analogies and, and metaphor that he's using in double entendre. This is what he's communicating. Just this, this a summary of it. I want y'all to, I want y'all to get this. I want y'all to get this. The summary of it is this. The summary of it is that he says, finding uprightness and righteousness in humanity is scarce. Nay, I say even none. And then he tells you why. He says, because God made us upright. God created us, Adam and Eve, in the garden. He says, but man has pursued their own schemes. You know what he's saying through all of this? He says, all the adversities we face in this world are due to sin. They're not God's fault. God didn't make a mistake. God didn't drop the ball. He, he, he even uses this language that calls our attention back. It's an echo back to even Genesis 3 with the sin with Eve and with Adam and going against God's word and eating the forbidden fruit. And we see it played out through all of human history and even now in ourselves that he says we follow our own schemes and now how God called us to be. He says he made us upright. It's not saying that God made us perfect. When God created Adam and Eve he placed them in the garden, he created them in his image and likeness. Nothing else in all creation is created in the image and likeness of God. Humanity, male and female, is the crown of creation. Crown of creation. But they allowed Satan 
to distract them, to doubt God. And they went against God's word and they sought wisdom and knowledge apart from God's revelation. God says, don't eat from it. Satan says, you eat from it, you're going to be like God. You're going to know good and evil. You're going to be like God. Go on to eat. You're not going to die. Like, well, it looks good. Beneficial. I'm hungry. Let's eat. And they eat. And he says that all the things that we see around us, the foolishness, the folly, the, 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 the adversity is due to our schemes and our plans that go against what thus says the Lord. I said he concludes this chapter in a sobering fashion because he's calling our attention to like, hey, when things go awry in our lives, when things don't go exactly how we want, understand that we're dealing with this adversity because we live in a sinful, fallen world waiting its full redemption when the Jesus returns. So don't think everything's going to be perfect because you said yes to the Lord. But then also know that God has a plan. And God is doing some things. And he's doing things in you and through you. He wants to th do things to you so that he can be known through you. So as we go through and we learn this instruction for wisdom is that Let's not make wisdom or righteousness an idol of itself. Let's pursue Christ. And let us ask God for wisdom of how he wants us to act in the moment. That's what he calls us to do in James chapter 1 verse 5. He says, you lack wisdom, ask God and he gives freely. So as we navigate this life and the adversity we will deal with. No matter how much you know Jesus, no matter how many Bible verses you know, no matter how much you serve at church, no matter how much you share your faith, we will face adversity. And in those moments, ask God for wisdom of how do I handle it and how do I move forward. And as we do so, we do so in the fashion and the attitude that Jesus said in Matthew 6, 33, when he said, seek first. The kingdom of God and his righteousness. And paraphrase, everything you need will be provided for you. That's good news, family. That's good news, church, because he's calling us to understand. Let's not make this idol. Let's not, let's, let's, let's not think in extremes of how we need to operate, but may we keep things with the proper perspective and may we realize how God has called us to live and not take God's word for granted. You know, I, I, you know when he said that wickedness is stupidity and he's making this correlation with wickedness and, and folly, madness in relation to how we trust God and his word. Um, I, I, I saw something the other day that, that was just like, heartbreaking and you just think about like man and, and 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 this is not to pick on any particular demographic but I do want you to learn this lesson uh, there, there was a house fire that I saw on the news once because a, a teenager was using a microwave and wrapped the food in aluminum foil and put it in a microwave and now Parents had told them, don't do that. Microwave's not built for that. But they thought, well, we put it in the oven. It's the same thing. It'll speed up the cooking. Mom and daddy went around. No dough was around. Good idea. Microwave makes it quick. 
put it in aluminum foil, make it cook faster, right? There was an explosion. Teenagers freaks out. House start burning. Firefighters got to come. They got to put the fire out. And you're sitting there like, all you had to do was trust your mama when she said, don't put it in the foil, just put it in some plastic. Put it on a plate. But that carelessness or not taking the word from the parents seriously had awful consequences. My mind went there when reading this passage when we talk about Right before this passage we looked at last week, we looked at the verses before this, and he made the call, like, like man, t- let's take God seriously. And let's take this life that he's called us to seriously. Let's not take him for granted. Let's not take God for granted. Let's not take his word for granted. Let's get serious about the Lord. What is God calling you to do? Who is Jesus calling you to be? What is he calling you to do with this life? The gifts and the talents. The opportunities, the the places he's taking you. What is God calling you to do? And you know what? Don't take his word for granted. Let's do it. Wisdom instructs us. We're not going to know it all. But in not knowing it all, one thing I do know is he knows it all. And he's trustworthy. And I can place myself in his hands. Thank you for listening to Point with Daryl Jones. This was just one part from the current series, Chasing After the Wind, 14 messages that walk you through the entire book of Ecclesiastes, where we learn that true satisfaction is found only in knowing the Lord and enjoying the life He provides. If this ministry has blessed you, we invite you to partner with us today. Please visit daryljones.org. That's D-A-R-Y-L jones.org. Your financial generosity keeps us on the air, and we are grateful for your faithfulness. And remember, keep making Jesus the point.